1: com
0: hello and welcome to the show i'm nikki eisenhower life coach and psychotherapist this is emotional badass where moxie meets mindful on today's episode we're discussing healing and high functioning people So today I want to talk about healing and high-functioning people, and those are the people that I work with. Why? High-functioning people often seek help, and high-functioning people in particular have a struggle getting help because they're so awesome in other areas of life. Often I work with people who have lots of business or professional success, or they have lots of school success, or they have lots of Family success with their children. They've done a much better job with their children than they feel like they sort of received from their parents. So I think as high-functioning people, because we're so smart, because we're so highly sensitive, we often have a lot of success in in one or a couple areas, but then we have some other areas where we really are flailing. We don't know what we're doing. And that high-functioning success in this other area really – in a way, screws us over in the getting help department. Our psyches, what's normal is for our psyches to look at that and to say, wow, like I did really well in school. If I did so well in school and I'm so smart, I should be able to figure out this depression stuff on my own. And so it's because of our success, our high functioning in other areas that can often impede us being able to open up to receiving help in other areas. So I want to talk about universal characteristics that I see. These are generalizations, but I see it in enough of you, and I identify with these myself that I think they're worth naming. High-functioning people that benefit from healing work, they're often highly observant. They can report an intuitive knowing when something's just not right or something's off. They might not be able to put their finger on it but they can look back on their lives and know that they've, they've had some element of observing their families, their work families, their church families, their friendships. They sit back and they watch. These are people who on vacation really like sitting on the beach and people watching, right? We like observing, we learn that way. Often high functioning people and highly sensitive people have a practical intelligence. Practical intelligence is a kind of intelligence that's really hard to define. Like, I think I have a practical intelligence in healing. I really help people do the healing work. If you ask me to describe what that healing work is, it's a little trickier. And I used to question myself when I would get in other professional circles because I don't have the typical, there's normal again, the normal kind of knowledge that I can recall. I've studied. I've passed all the tests, but I can't really tell you the date that a theory uh, that a theorist created a theory and it began being worked on. I can't remember dates and names that way. That kind of specific knowledge that I think most of us see as as knowing the things, right? In practical intelligence, you might be able to organize a closet really, really well, really efficiently. And if someone comes along and looks at that closet and says, wow, how did you know how to do that? You don't really know how to explain how you know how to do that. You have a practical intelligence. People who can intuitively cook without a recipe, there's a practical intelligence there. We're And as feelers, I believe, have come to believe that we're feeling out a lot of our world and feeling out a lot of knowing, which is a different way to learn than reading some facts and absorbing the facts and then applying the facts. And with today's show today, just like every show, what I'm trying to do with emotional badass and in my work with individuals, I'm trying to help put words to some of these feelings and processes that maybe don't really have finite words and descriptors. That's its own kind of practical intelligence. We can have a killer sense of humor. Now, if we have abuse or neglect in our histories, that sense of humor can be darker than the average person. Why? What I've come to believe is that our psyche, if we're abused or neglected, is pushed to some dark corners, corners we wouldn't have gone to, we wouldn't have explored in our own right. But that's part of what abuse does. It's one of those strange side effects you don't ever really hear anybody name or talk about. It's why a lot of my clients like working with me. I think for the first time they can see and maybe value their sense of humor and really see it as an asset and a healing force. But it's true. Our sense of humors can be darker or stranger. High-functioning people who have dysfunctional backgrounds often excel at school. So I'm a believer that a lot of the professionals out there, of course the other therapists, why why else would we get called into this field if we weren't figuring ourselves out first and then wanting to give back and help other people in the world. But I think a lot of us go into school and there's a simplicity there if home life was chaotic or stressful you tell me to study these things in a spelling class? I spell, I study, I spell, I get a good grade. That teacher looks at me and smiles and writes a plus on my paper. There's a simplicity there that's really, really motivating for highly sensitive people. And I think it, it takes a highly sensitive person and creates a high-functioning person, because where we might have a lot of struggle in our home life, or maybe fitting in at church, or fitting in socially, whatever our struggle is as a highly sensitive person growing up, I think we can exhale when something is very simple and we can do it. And that motivates us to keep doing it. So I think a lot of us go very far in school. We don't just get through high school, we tend to get one degree, often a master's degree, if not going forward for a PhD. I think it's something a lot of us have in common and don't realize that we have it in common.
1: Would you like to relax or fall asleep while learning about pivotal moments in history? If so, then try my new podcast, Calm History. It's a time machine of tranquility filled with immersive and fascinating stories from history. Prior episodes include... The Pilgrims, Marco Polo, Henry Ford, Joan of Arc, Jackie Robinson, Klondike Gold Rush, Ancient Greek Olympics, Easter Island, and the Great Pyramid of Giza. There's also a six part series about the Titanic. Just search your podcast player for Calm History or go to calmhistory.com.
0: What's tragic to me is that we think that we have to mask that high functionality and be high functioning in every single area of our lives. And I'm hoping you can hear that that being emotionally badass really means that we can drop those masks. We can be super effective in some areas And it is more effective in our present and in our future and to heal our past if we can look at those areas where we do need some help and we can effectively allow that help to come in. We tend to be people pleasers. Why? We're highly sensitive. We're highly observant. We do really well in school. Maybe it's as simple as, ooh, that first A that I got really pleased that teacher, and I felt some good feelings. I felt uplifted. I felt good job reflected in her eyes to me. I felt good internally at accomplishing something. We like to please people naturally because we can also feel how other people feel if we're highly sensitive and we're empathic. So, we get a lot of payoff for helping other people feel good. That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. It only becomes dysfunctional if my people pleasing comes above and beyond taking care of myself. That's where we start to really wear ourselves out and get into some exhaustion, depletion, and allowing energy vampires to take advantage. We tend to have low self esteem as a tribe. Most of us, what's normal is to grow up hearing our high sensitivity shamed. Other people are very confused by how sensitive we are. And it's, it's similar to everything that's human. It's what fuels racism. It's what fuels sexism. What we don't understand, it's not the greatest part of our, of our humanity, right? But what we don't understand as humans, we tend to be scared of. And when we're scared of something that's human, we make it wrong so that we don't have to touch it or interact with it. And that's what's happened to our sensitivity. If we're also the feelers, we feel other people's discomfort at our sensitivity. If we're also people pleasers, we don't want to make other people feel uncomfortable. So as I go through this, I'm hoping you can see how everything really connects. The other piece, the last topic i'm going to talk about in this what brings us together what unites us what is normal for high functioning highly sensitive people it's that love is really confusing when people work with me in individual session we look at our thoughts we look at our behaviors our emotions our motivations and our story many of us will redefine what love is in our healing journey we will repair our low self esteem We will learn to be allies for our high sensitivity that has been shamed and demonized over our lives. We will learn self-acceptance and how to please ourselves so that we're no longer drained by energy vampires so that we can please more people and have more bandwidth to show up for the people that are positive in our lives. It actually leads to more of an ability to people please when we put ourselves first. We will make peace with our twisted sense of humors that we have very mixed relationships with, kind of loving in secrecy, but feeling like there's a little bit of something wrong with it. We'll make peace with our sense of humor and how our humor can heal and lighten our load. We learn to embrace the ways that we are practically intelligent and we're talented. We all have gifts. And in healing, we learn how to shed all of our self doubt and low self esteem so that we can bring more of our gifts and talents to light for ourselves and for the world. We learn how to honor our highly observant nature without being hyper vigilant and exhausting ourselves. And we do this with no syllabus allowing life to unfold. And we learn to be present right where we are. Thank you for listening today, highly functioning, highly sensitive person. I appreciate the healing that you're opening up to in your own life. And I love and appreciate the butterfly effect of that in your world and the bigger world at large. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for growing with me as I grow into this role and have some shows that I put out that I really love and I'm proud of and others that make me nervous. If you'd like to support the show, the best way you can do so is by getting on iTunes and giving us a five-star review. That's everything in the podcasting world. It's what puts us in front of more people to help grow the show, to help get out there. If you have even more help for the show in your heart or you'd like more from me, please find us at patreon.com/emotional badass. We have multiple tiers from $1 to 20 You can support the show at a level that works for your life and how much you want to give. I have big dreams and a lot to keep offering. Thank you for supporting me and Emotional Badass. I'm Nikki Eisenhower life coach and psychotherapist. And this has been Emotional Badass where Moxie meets Mindful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: dot com.